ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so in the last few sessions now then we've been discussing the importance of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the importance of keeping yourself connected with your creator and we've been mentioning different ways that Allah has given us to keep connected with him to maintain that remembrance to maintain that connection because like we said one of the scholars of the past ibn al-qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala he mentioned that statement that for a servant for a person your remembrance of allah or your need to be upon the remembrance of your lord to remember your creator your need for that is just like the need of a fish for water a fish to water because a fish without water cannot survive and that is the example of a human without his creator cannot survive without the remembrance of your lord without the recognition of your purpose on this earth without the recognition of the reason behind your creation without a recognition of these things without an acknowledgement of these things then a person his heart is a vacuum your heart is void it is a vacuum it has nothing in it if you do not have any remembrance of your lord and you do not have any supplication to your lord you do not do any dhikr you do not have any prayer then that person his heart is empty his heart is a vacuum it is an empty space disconnected from his creator we know that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't create us to leave us with empty hearts allah created this creation and gave us a purpose allah gave us a purpose gave us a reasoning gave us an objective in our existence and that is what allah informed us of in the quran itself when allah said 
وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنْسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That I did not create the jinn or the humans except for them to worship me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us, his servants, in order for us to worship him. And right from the beginning, when Allah created Adam alayhi salam, when Allah created Adam alayhi salam with his own hands, Allah created him with his own hands. And then he told all of the angels to prostrate to him, meaning to prostrate to Adam. At that time, all of the angels in the heavens and also Satan, Iblis, Shaitan, used to be from amongst them even though he was not an angel in the basis of his creation he is not from the creation of the angels satan iblis shaitan he is from the creation of the jinn because we know allah created these different creations the creation of the humans, the creation of the angels, and the creation of what is known as the jinn. So Iblis, Satan, was one of the jinn, but he was a noble one, elevated in his rank and status. And so he was high amongst all of the angels in the heavens. So when Allah created Adam السلام, and commanded all of the angels to prostrate to Adam السلام, all of the angels they prostrated but Iblis, Satan, the devil did not prostrate and Allah told us that in the Quran, that incident وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَى وَاسْتَكْبَرَ وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ When Allah told all of the angels to prostrate فَسَجَدُوا So they all prostrated إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ Except for the devil, Iblis, Satan He refused he was arrogant, he was arrogant, he refused, and so he became from the disbelievers. He became from the disbelievers because of his refusal to obey his Lord. His Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, commanded him to prostrate to what Allah had created with his own hands, Adam, the first human. But Satan, Iblis, Shaitan, refused to prostrate out of arrogance. And so he became from the disbelievers, striving until the day of judgment to misguide 
as many from the people and from the jinn as he can to misguide <coughs> as many as he can to fall alongside him to be from the fallen alongside him so he whispers to the children of adam he whispers to mankind hoping and attempting to misguide the people and so with some he has a greater degree of success so there are those who fall into disbelief in allah refusing to accept the very truth of their existence refusing to accept the most correct and obvious answer to their existence and that is that their lord created them and placed them upon this earth for his worship but shaitan attempts to misguide the people and so now you see how many doubts have spread across the world how many doubts have spread across the world the movement of information and the way it works these days and ideas whether proven or not ideologies whether proven or not they all spread into the minds of the people so you have the ideology that is spread amongst the people of atheism the belief or the so-called belief that there is no god that there is no creator and that is certainly something false in fact it is from our innate nature from your default your reset button your default in your heart is that you recognize you have a creator you recognize in the depths of your heart that there is certainly a greater being there is a lord a creator a provider a sustainer that all of this didn't just come together by itself and they mention an example of one of the scholars of the muslims from centuries ago that there were some atheists who came to debate him so you had this muslim scholar and you had some atheists this was centuries ago they say this was approximately 1300 years ago when this incident occurred 1300 years ago they say these atheists arranged a meeting with this muslim scholar to discuss is there a god is there not is all of this world created by allah or not so they made an appointment to have a discussion it turns out that the muslim scholar was late for the appointment they had arranged a time but the the atheists they turned up but the muslim scholar was late when he turned up eventually they said to him what happened we had agreed 
a particular time, it's well past that time, what happened? Why are you late? The Muslim scholar said to them, well, <coughs> what happened was, I was out at sea. I was in my boat. I was in my boat. I was out at sea. And I ran into some trouble. Stormy weather, big waves. My boat was crushed. Gone. So then I was stuck at sea. Just off the shore. But I was at sea. My boat was sank. It was broken up by the waves and everything. Gone. So I was struggling at sea. But there was a big storm going on. That's why the boat broke up, etc. There was a big storm going on and everything. And I was stuck at sea. Now my boat was uh, taken down. But then he said, in the storm there were heavy winds. And I wasn't too far off the shore. And there were some trees on the shore. The heavy winds, the big storm blowing everything around. It blew some of the branches off the trees. Blew some of the branches and twigs off the trees. And the winds blew all of that into the sea. Coincidentally, the Muslim scholar tells them, that when the wind blew off those branches from the trees, it was really windy and the branches were hitting each other and crashing into each other. The wind was blowing them around. They all crashed into each other, these branches, and they made the shape of a boat. Good for him. All of those branches, they broke off the shore, the trees, crashing about in the winds everywhere. They just happened to make the exact shape of a floating object. No holes. The branches came together. Perfect. Not a single hole anywhere for the water to come in. And they made a boat shape. Perfect boat shape. No holes in it. It floated. So I thought, okay, I got into that. Managed to paddle my way back to shore. And then I rushed and I got here as quick as I could. But obviously with all of that happening, I got delayed. So then they looked at him, the atheists. They looked at him and they said, words to the effect. You know how we say now in the street language, when you say, are you taking the mick? You know when you say that? You don't? How old are you? Ah, oh, you're taking them. There you are. There you are. Too smart for me. Too smart for me. So they said to him, Are you mocking us? Are you making a mockery of us? You're having a joke. He said, What do you mean? What? They said, Okay, so you're trying to tell us, you're trying to tell us you were out at sea. And you got into some trouble, your boat sank. But then just coincidentally, the branches were ripped off the trees in the wind. And amazingly, they squashed into each other just like the shape of a boat. Without a single hole anywhere. And you sat in it and floated and paddled back to the shore. The branches, do they really come together like that in the wind? Crashed together perfectly in the shape of a boat? They said, that doesn't happen. What are you talking about? Have you ever seen that? Twigs and branches 
by themselves, nobody touching them, just the wind blowing them around, and they come perfectly into this bowl, into this boat shape with a, without a single hole. They said, stop making a joke of us. That doesn't happen. That's not why you're late. There must have been some other reason. That's impossible. How could the branches in the wind just bang into each other exactly just right and make the shape of a boat without a single hole that floats? That doesn't happen. So then he turned around and said to them, so you don't believe me that the wind, it was a big storm. You don't believe me that this big storm, this wind, blew the branches off the trees. That part is believable, no problem. The wind blows branches off trees. That's okay. But have you ever seen in your life anywhere in the world, wind blowing branches off trees and those branches colliding into each other to make a boat by themselves? He said to them, you don't believe me, that can happen. They said, of course not, of course not. That doesn't happen. He said, well then how do you believe, how do you believe that the mountains you see on this earth and the rivers you see on this earth and the oceans you see on this earth, the sun and its distance and location the moon where it is and how they move around. Everything on this earth, how it fell into place. You want me to believe all of that? Everything in the earth fell into place by itself through the Big Bang and the atoms and then everything happening, natural selection, all of it. Slowly, slowly, but everything happened by itself. Yet you won't even believe me that a few branches can come together by themselves and make a boat. So now it became clear that this Muslim scholar had a point to make with that story. And the point was clear. You know it's impossible for a bunch of branches to be blown off by the wind and then to hit each other just perfectly the branches and the twigs to fit in just perfect with the wind throwing them next to each other that they make the shape of a boat that doesn't sink perfect with no holes that doesn't happen by itself what happens is when the wind blows branches around you're gonna get a pile here a pile there a pile there branches trees twigs everywhere that's what you get. You're not going to get a wooden hot house built by itself. What do you call the log house? A log house isn't just going to appear in your back garden from the twigs that have been blown off your tree. It's not going to happen. So he's telling them, you know something as simple as that cannot happen by itself. It requires input. It requires somebody to pick up those branches, to carve them, to put the oils on them, to stick them together, to nail them together, make sure there's no holes. That will make a boat, but not by themselves in the wind. So how can you believe then that the intricacies of this world 
all of the intricate things you see in this world that all of that did just happen by itself but you won't believe my boat could make itself so now they knew that he's got a perfect point you know that all of this earth and everything you see in it didn't come together by itself it was done by the creator it was done by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah told us that in the Quran Allah is the one who created the heavens and the earth and then Allah created humans too Adam السلام, the first one created the human so we can worship him be upon obedience to him and that is the purpose of this life as a test Allah told us in the Quran to test you which of you is the best in actions the one who created death and life in order to test you which of you will be the best in your actions which of you will recognize and accept and acknowledge that you are servants of your creator that all of this is not just something that happened by itself all of this was done by the creator by your lord allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he created you and put you on this earth for a purpose and that purpose is as a test for us a test upon us who from amongst us will worship him and who from amongst us will end up worshiping and following Iblis, the devil, Satan instead. That is the test upon us. That is the test upon mankind. Who will follow the commandments of Allah and who will follow the commandments of Satan, Iblis, Shaitan. And we know, we know, following the commands of Satan, of Iblis, of the devil, is a lot easier than following the commands of Allah. Meaning, the commands of the devil, they are all things that you desire. Desire means something you want. Like you want sweets. So the shaitan, he gives you things that you desire. Everybody desires wealth and desires property and luxury and various things. Everybody desires ease and relaxation, doesn't want to worship, doesn't want to be upon any obedience, doesn't want to be upon prayer, doesn't want to be doing any of that. Shaitan, he gives you all of the easy things. And they are the things that are in mis or a disobedience to Allah. Whereas obeying Allah, obeying your creator, requires effort. It requires effort. But that's the whole point of the test. If there was no effort involved, then there wouldn't be any test. 
If I said to you your maths test tomorrow, the question is going to be one add one. That's your test. What's the answer going to be? Two. That wouldn't be much of a test. But if I say it's 236 add 4,292, now what's the answer? He's modest. He doesn't want to say. See, if the test didn't have any effort behind it, it wouldn't be a test. And that's why worshipping your creator requires effort. It requires effort. And that is the whole purpose of the test. To see which servants will put that effort in into worshipping Allah. And which ones will prefer to relax in this world. Have a few years of playing around in this world. And then for the sake of that few years of luxury in this world. And playing around in this world. They forsake the hereafter. They forsake and they abandon what is going to come after the resurrection. Because certainly there will be a resurrection. This whole test on this earth. Who will be the believers in Allah? Who will be the believers in the prophets and the messengers that came? From the very beginning of them. All of them. Nuh and Ibrahim and Musa and Isa. Noah, Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Muhammad, the last one of them. All of the books and revelations that came from Allah. The Torah, the Injil, the Bible, the New Testament, Old Testament. And then the last revelation of them all. The one that must be followed now, the Quran. All of those came from Allah. But the previous revelations were distorted. But this is the test. Who will follow those commands of Allah and who will not? And then when you die on the day of judgment, that is when <coughs> the results of that test will become clear for the people to see. The results of that test will become clear for the people to see. Every single individual will be held accountable upon his life. And that is why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned إِذَا مَاتَ الْعَبْدِ Or rather يَتْبَعُ الْمَيِّتَ ثَلَاثَ أَهْلُهُ وَمَالُهُ وَعَمَلُ فَيَرْجِعُ اثْنَانِ وَيَبْقَى وَاحِدْ يَرْجِعُ أَهْلُهُ وَمَالُهُ وَيَبْقَى عَمَلُ The Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said When a person dies Three things follow you to your grave. When you die, three things follow you to your grave. <coughs> your family, your wealth, and your deeds, your actions, your deeds that you did in this life. Upon burial of the person, two of those come back, only one stays with you. Your family comes back. They will bury you and go. Your money comes back. That won't go with you in the grave. That will be inherited by your inheritors. That won't go with you. It will come back. 
and be taken by those who inherit it from you. The only thing that will go with you into the grave, remain with you, are your deeds that you did in this world. Your actions that you did in this world. That is what will go with you and that is what you will be tested upon. In another narration, Allah said, Our Lord said, Allah said, They are your actions, your deeds, whether you do good or evil in this life. That is your deeds. We keep them recorded. Everything you do in this life, your good deeds and your evil deeds, all of it we keep recorded. So on that day of judgment, the day of resurrection, Allah tells us, whoever finds goodness finds good in his book of accountability in his book of records of all of his life and what he did if you find your end result is something good in that book then praise Allah praise your Lord that he gave you that good life and ability to be upon deeds of righteousness but Allah says, وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَلَا يَلُومَنَّ إِلَّا نَفْسَهِ But whoever on that day, in his book of records, finds evil, that he led a life of evil, a life of disobedience to his creator, a life where he did not accept obedience and worship to his Lord, and instead he followed his whims and desires, followed the shaitan, Satan, Iblis, the devil, in leading him away to the luxuries and the pleasures of this world. That's what he spent his life doing. No worship of his Lord, no remembrance, no prayer, no nothing. If that's the type of thing you find in your books on that day, then Allah says, فَلَا يَلُومَنَّ إِلَّا نَفْسَ Then do not blame anybody except yourself. You are the one to blame. It was your life. You had the opportunity to either obey Allah or to disobey. You chose to disobey. You chose to disobey. You chose to follow the devil, shaitan, instead of following Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you will be held accountable upon your deeds. And we know, we've been told by the Prophet Muhammad and we've been told by Allah, every single thing we do in this life, it's recorded. That Allah has sent angels that record all of our deeds and everything we say and everything we do. Every action we engage in. If you lie about someone, it'll be written down. You'll see it on that day, on this day, at this time, on this date, you lied about someone. You stole something from somebody. On that day, you'll see it in your book. On this day, at this time, you stole this item from somebody. Everything 
will be recorded. Because Allah told us in the Quran, وَإِنَّ عَلَيْكُمْ لَحَافِظِينَ كِرَامًا كَاتِبِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ مَا تَفْعَلُونَ Allah told us indeed there are noble guardians upon us writing everything we do and they know everything we do. So there are angels appointed to write down the deeds of every person because this whole life is the test. And on the day of judgment will be the accountability on it. So all of your good deeds will be weighed up. And all of your bad deeds will be weighed up. And if your good deeds are more than your bad deeds, then you are from the successful. But if your bad deeds outweigh your good deeds, then you may end up in the hellfire. We know on that day that the ones who disbelieve in their creator, they disbelieve in Islam, they disbelieve in the Quran, they disbelieve in Muhammad Those who disbelieve and they didn't accept the truth of that message when it came to them in this world. And if you look carefully, you know exactly how that truth came. All the prophets and messengers Allah sent them. There was Noah. Allah gave him revelation. He was a prophet who came and taught the people. There was Abraham. Allah gave him revelation. And he came and taught the people. There was Moses. Allah gave him revelation. And he came and taught the people. There was Jesus. Allah gave him revelation. He came and taught the people. And he has not died yet. We know that Jesus, Isa salam will come back at the end of time. He will come back at the end of time yet, and then die. But all of those prophets, they were prophets of Allah. All of them were upon the revelation Allah gave them, one after the next throughout history, until you come to the end of that history, with the final prophet and the final messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That is the final religion. That is the final revelation. And that's why Allah said, Islam." Indeed, the religion with Allah is Al-Islam. وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهِ Whomsoever searches for a religion other than Islam, then it will not be accepted from him. All of the previous religions, they were revelation. But now they were distorted until the final revelation came. And that was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So on that day, you'll be held accountable on that. Were you from the believers who accepted and believed in Allah? accepted and believed in the revelations from Allah, accepted and believed in all of the books that Allah sent, the prophets and messengers, you've got to believe in them all as a Muslim. You've got to believe in them all. In fact, who are the five best prophets? As a Muslim, what do we believe? The five best prophets from all of them. The best one, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who's the second best prophet of all of them? 
Ibrahim alayhi salam, Abraham, then Musa alayhi salam, Moses, then and then it can be Jesus and then Noah, Isa alayhi salam, and Nuh alayhi salam. Those five are the five best prophets and messengers. And we believe Allah sent them all, sent them with revelation. Because all of them came with the same revelation in the basis. That basis was that all of them taught their people to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. All of them taught their people, Ya qawmi ibudullah, ma lakum min ilahin ghayruh. O people, worship your Lord, worship Allah alone. You do not have any other deity to worship besides Him. All of them came with that same message. Allah told us in the Quran, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنِعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُوتِ Allah sent to every nation a messenger preaching to them, worship your Lord alone. You do not have any other deity to worship. And that is the core message of every prophet and messenger. To worship your Lord alone without any partners. Islam is the only religion that gives you that. Worshipping Allah alone without any partners which is the message of all of the prophets and messengers throughout history up until Muhammad himself too. To worship Allah alone, monotheism. None of the prophets and messengers ever said, worship other gods, worship multiple gods. Nobody ever even said that they are the son of God. Jesus never said that. If you look at history, that was not from Jesus. He didn't ever say that there is a trinity and I am the son of God. Never. If you look at the Quran, it mentions that on the day of judgment, Allah will say to Isa alayhi salam to Jesus, أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ إِلَهِينِ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Did you, Jesus, Isa alayhi salam, did you say to the people to take you and your mother as gods besides Allah, you and Mary? Isa alayhi salam will say, Subhanak, that may you be free of this claim, of this deficiency. I would never have said anything that I do not have right to say. And I, Isa alayhi salam, did not have the right to say worship others besides Allah. He was sent with the revelation to teach the people worship Allah alone. All of the Trinity and all these things, they came afterwards. They came afterwards in history. So we believe in Isa alayhi salam Jesus. And we believe he will come back at the end of time. And that he will kill the, the Antichrist, the Dajjal. We believe all of this because it's in the Quran. It's in the Sunnah. The Prophet Muhammad sallam told us all of that. And one of the things with the Quran. What is the difference? Between the Quran and the other books, the, the Bible, the New Testament, the Old Testament, the Torah. Why can't we just follow those old books? We believe all of them are revelation from Allah. We do. But what is the difference? So we believe all of those other books are from Allah. Absolutely. We believe they are all the speech of Allah. Absolutely. 
But the previous books are no longer on their original state. That is a fact. One of the most obvious and simplest ways to prove that fact, that the older books of Revelation are no longer upon their original state, the original wording from Allah, from God. They are not upon that anymore. One of the obvious ways to show that is the fact that now, for example, with the Bible, there are multiple different versions of the Bible. But all of them are supposed to have been spoken by God. Of course, God did not speak these Bibles in multiple versions. It was one version. So which one is the exact words of God? It's not known. They're all different. They're all different versions. But with the Qur'an, and this is the point I was making, you can pick up a copy of the Qur'an anywhere in the whole world. And it will be exactly the same as the copy you pick up from Bolton right here. They will be identical. There is no two different versions of the Qur'an. It has been preserved throughout history. You could go to people who have memorized the Qur'an. Those who have memorized the Qur'an. You ask one person to start reciting. You pick another person from all the way in Australia. You say to him, you recite. And they will both recite exactly the same words. The Qur'an has been preserved. And there are chains of narrations on it. Mutawatir. And that is something which the previous books no longer have. They have no longer preserved on their original state, the original word of God. They've been distorted and they've been changed. Whereas the Quran, there are no variations. There are no different versions. There is only one version every single place in the world. You will never find any differences. You will never find one chapter in your Quran and you go to another one, that chapter isn't there. Or you'll never find that chapter 1 in your version is chapter 6 in that version on the shelf. Never. Anywhere you go, everywhere, it is identical. And that shows you that Allah has preserved this final religion now. And that is why Muhammad Wasallam he said, if Moses was alive right now, he would have to follow this religion now because this is the final one. At the time of Abraham, Ibrahim, they followed the religion that was revealed then. At the time of Musa salam, Moses, they followed the religion that was revealed then. At Noah and uh, Jesus, they followed the religions that were revealed at the time. All of them, of course, were religions based upon the same thing, worshipping Allah alone. And then finally, when Muhammad salam, came with the last religion, the last revelation, now it is upon everybody to follow that. And that is what you will be tested on on the day of judgment. Clear proofs and evidences regarding the existence of your Lord. Clear proofs and evidences regarding how Allah created us for that purpose of worship. And Allah didn't just create us to, to wander around. To wander around on this earth for 40, 50, 60 years, however long you live and then die and become soil in the ground and that's it that cannot be the purpose of life 
the purpose of life is to please your creator and that is why there is paradise and there is hell paradise prepared for all of those who obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hellfire for all of those who disobey in a hadith in a narration a prophetic tradition the Prophet Muhammad said Kullu ummati Illa man aba. He said all of my people, all of the Muslims, they will enter paradise except for those who refuse. All of the Muslims will enter paradise except those who refuse. So then the companions who heard this were confused. They were thinking who would possibly refuse entry into paradise so they said woman yeah by rasulullah who will refuse O messenger of allah so then the prophet ﷺ told them man ata'ani dakhala al-jannah wa man asani dakhala an-nar whomsoever obeys me will enter paradise and whomsoever disobeys me they are the ones who will enter hellfire so if a Muslim is disobedient, then you may end up in the hellfire. But the one thing that we know, on that day, the difference between paradise and hell, it will be a clear line between the believers and the non-believers. Those who believe in the worship of Allah, believe in Muhammad believe in Tawheed, they had that religion and they practiced it upon Islam. They are the successful on that day. But those who refuse to believe in their creator or they refuse to believe in the worship of their creator they refuse to believe in the final messenger muhammad they refuse to practice islam then those individuals will not be successful look at the example of the uncle of the prophet his actual uncle his blood uncle he will be where Abu Talib. Abu Talib was the blood uncle of the Prophet Muhammad. When the disbelievers were doing bad things to the Prophet, who was defending him? His uncle Abu Talib. Even though Abu Talib wasn't a Muslim, but Muhammad was his nephew, so he was defending him against those other disbelievers. They carried on doing bad things to the Prophet ﷺ. The disbelievers carried on harming the Prophet ﷺ. They even cut them off. And no food could get to them. And there was uh, no food for them to eat or anything. All of these things they were doing against the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. But his uncle Abu Talib kept on helping him and defending him. Even though Abu Talib himself was still actually a non-Muslim. He wasn't a Muslim. He hadn't accepted what Muhammad Sallallahu was saying, but he used to help him and protect him and defend him. The disbelievers even started harming him, Abu Talib, even though he was one of them. Because they said, look, why are you defending Muhammad, the Muslim? So he did all of that good, Abu Talib, helping and defending the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu But at the end when he dies, 
Muhammad says to him just before he dies, accept la ilaha illallah. Die as a Muslim. But in the end, he stayed and died as a disbeliever, didn't accept Islam, even though he helped and did everything for the Prophet So then in the end, even though he was the blood uncle of the Prophet and he helped him and did so much for him and defended him and even got harmed himself for defending him, he will end up in hellfire because he did not accept this final revelation from God, from Allah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the Lord, from the creator, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator who created you and I, who created everything. All of this kingdom, this dominion is in his hands. And that is something which is clear for every person whose heart is alive to understand. But if your heart is not alive, then the devil and the Satan, the shaitan, he comes and whispers and wants to keep you away from worshipping your Lord. Keep you away from accepting the religion and knowing that this is what the accountability is going to be on on the day of judgment. The signs are clear in creation. Like they used to say, when you go in a desert, you go in a massive desert. There's no footsteps anywhere. Desert everywhere. Then all of a sudden, you're going to find this funny now because you find these things funny. Already laughing. All of a sudden, you see some camel droppings in the middle of the desert. He didn't understand, so he's not laughing. You find some camel droppings in the middle of the desert. What does that mean? You're walking in this desert for days and days and days. No water, no nothing, no footsteps, just desert and sand. Then all of a sudden you come across this pile of camel droppings. No footsteps though. Because sand keeps blowing and covers up the footsteps. But the pile of the camel dung, that's there. What does it show you? What does it mean? It means that at some point in the last day, two days, last week or so, at least a camel or some camels and probably people with them must have gone past this place. True? Or are you going to say that the dung just fell out of the sky? Which one are you going to say? Camel was definitely there. You see some dung in the middle of the desert. You know there must have been a camel that went by. They say, look, when you see all of this earth, and you see all of the universe and the stars, and the moon and the sun and the earth and the, the, the rivers and the seas and the mountains, and the ants and the elephants, all of this creation, you see all of these things, you're not going to believe that there was a creator who created all of this? You're going to say all of this just fell down by itself and appeared? Just like the dung, you're going to say it just appeared? It didn't just appear. It appeared because a camel went by. All of this earth and everything appeared because there is a creator who created it. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And then that creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us that our objective is in life that it's a test to worship him, to see who will worship him and who will not. Who will strive and put effort in because like we said, being a Muslim it requires effort but that's the test. If the test was only one at one, Ali would get it even without revising. No all night or nothing. No test. So the test, it requires effort. It requires to see who will leave their desires behind. Who will forget about the worldly desires. And they will make their objective paradise instead, the afterlife. Who will recognize in their heart that this life cannot just be that you live here for a few years and you become soil and that's it, finished. Cannot be. There has to be something greater than that. And certainly there is. There is the afterlife. There is the resurrection. So that is a brief reminder regarding the uh, general purpose of life and the accountability. Hmm. So Islam and Muslims, Islam, the word itself, that word, it's an Arabic word, Islam, comes from the meaning of al-Islam, which means to submit. To submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Submission to your creator, submission to your Lord, recognizing that you are just one tiny servant from all of these servants of Allah, from all of these creations of Allah, that you will submit and be upon obedience to your Lord. It also has root meanings of being peaceful, etc. You hear sometimes peace. It has root meanings of that in Arabic as well. A religion of peace, a religion of uh, 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 the revelation from Allah, a religion of you submitting to your Lord and fulfilling your life as Allah has commanded you to do so. That is Islam and a Muslim, somebody who is upon the worship of Allah alone, upon worshipping only Allah, no partners, no associates, no son, no uh, trinity, nothing else, only worshipping Allah alone, all of your worship to Him alone, not calling upon anybody else or the deceased or anything, worshipping Him alone upon the revelation that Allah has given us, submitting to our Lord in obedience to Him, and living your life in that way, and a person who lives their life in that way, you will find the peace and the contentment that people who do not know that will never find. Why is it that you see all of the time millionaires committing suicide? Millionaire, why are you committing suicide? You got your mansions, you got this, you got that. Everything, millions in your bank account. And you go and commit suicide. Because even though they have all of these millions and they have all of the world at their feet, they have nothing in their hearts. They have nothing in their hearts with their connection to their creator. They disbelieve and they don't want to accept there's God, there's Allah. They think this world is the be all and end all. So when all of that money comes, they think that is happiness, but it's not. Happiness is in connection to your Lord. So that is the Muslim. As for the people who came before Muhammad Wasallam. The followers of Noah, the followers of Moses, the followers of Jesus, of Abraham, etc. 
like we said at that time those revelations that came to them were revelations from Allah so the ones who followed those revelations at that time the pure revelations before they were distorted and changed then they will be in paradise they are the believers they are the Muslims you could say before the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and this nation the followers of Abraham the followers of Noah of Jesus of all of the prophets and messengers that came before all of their followers upon truth they are the believers and they will be in paradise but now that's how the history goes the revelation came to Noah everybody who followed him on that revelation they'll be in paradise the revelation came to Moses everybody who followed him from Bani Israel they'll be in paradise Ibrahim alayhi salam, everybody who followed him upon that pure revelation, he was given tawheed, paradise believers. And the same at the end after Isa alayhi salam too, everybody who followed him upon purity, upon tawheed, worshipping Allah, then the same, they are believers. And then at the end now, everybody who follows Muhammad sallam, upon that tawheed, upon that worship of Allah, they are the Muslims. Now you cannot backtrack and say, okay, I'm going to stick to the teachings of Noah or I'm gonna backtrack and stick to the teachings of Moses they have gone now now the final revelation from Allah is here and that is the Quran that is the one that you must now follow you cannot go backtracking and say I'm gonna follow the previous ones the latest one the last one that has now come that is what is binding upon everybody now any other questions So on the day of judgment, when your good deeds and your bad deeds are all weighed up, and you happen to have exactly the same number of good deeds as bad deeds, your life was an absolute 50-50. Then what happens to you? Do you go paradise or do you go hell? You go both? How? Uh -huh. So if on the day of judgment it's like this. The people who disbelieved, they cannot enter paradise. Then we got left the Muslims. But even amongst the Muslims there are some who are sinners. So all of their deeds are going to be weighed up. Imagine a Muslim comes along now and he's got an exact 50-50. Then he cannot go paradise straight away. Exactly the same good as is bad. He cannot go to hellfire. Exactly good as bad. So they go to a place known as Al-A'raf. That's the name of it. They go there and they wait as long as Allah decrees for them to wait. Then eventually in the end when Allah decides, they go straight to Paradise, they don't go to hell. Anything else? Mm -hmm. These individuals these individuals 
who claim to be killing in the name of Islam. And in particular, nowadays you hear about ISIS. Before that, you used to hear about Al-Qaeda. Al you used to hear about all of these groups. In the UK, you got people who sympathize with them, like Al-Muhajirun and Hizbut Tahrir. All of these types of individuals have not understood the message of Islam. ISIS and these Al-Qaeda, all of those types of people are misguided from the true understanding of Islam. They are not upon the true understanding of Islam. They are upon an understanding which the Prophet Muhammad told us about and the Sahaba mentioned and it was known at that time. The understanding of the Khawarij. They are rebellious. They are uh, uh, people who make permissible to kill Muslims and non-Muslims alike. You know ISIS, they will kill Muslims and non-Muslims alike. Doesn't make a difference. They will kill Muslims just like they kill non-Muslims. So what is this? It is all nonsense from them. They do not make any distinction. They will kill babies and children and women. Babies, children, women, Muslim, non-Muslim, everyone. They are not doing anything in the name of Islam. ISIS, we declare our innocence from them. Al-Qaeda, and you say it. Osama bin Laden and these people, we declare our innocence from them. We are free of them, nothing to do with them. They do not have the correct understanding of Islam. They are misguided and led astray by Satan, by Shaitan, by Iblis, who has deceived them and led them astray. The Khawarij, that type of rebellious group as a whole, many of the scholars say they are not Muslims in the first place. The Khawarij. So those people, they are not killing in the name of Allah or Islam. They are killing in the name of a shaitan. They are killing for the devil. They are killing for Satan, for Iblis, not for Allah, not for Islam. So they've got nothing to do with Islam. You do not defend them. You do not have sympathies to them. Nothing. Those people are completely misguided, completely deceived and far away from the true understanding of Islam. We just said Islam is submission to Allah. You submit yourself to the commands of Allah. What they do, killing people, murdering, is that submission to the commands of Allah? Allah didn't tell us to do that. So those people, they are abusing the name of Islam. It is not in the name of Islam they do those things. Islam is innocent from their actions. A person who wants to become a Muslim, you've got to understand the basics of what being a Muslim is about. And the most basic thing is that you recognize and you understand that it is being a Muslim to worship Allah alone. No partners, no deities, no uh, associates with Allah whatsoever. Your worship will be purely for Allah. And that you will follow that final revelation, the Quran and the Sunnah, believing in the final messenger and following him, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then after that, you learn about the other aspects of the religion, how you pray, how many times a day you got to pray, what are the other things Islamically you have to do, the zakat, the hajj. There are other things, the fasting. But in the basic understanding 
as long as you understand the monotheism that you're going to worship Allah alone, there is no trinity or, or partners or as some of the Jews and others they say that Allah has a son, none of that. As some of the others at the time of the Prophet used to say Allah has daughters. They used to say the angels are the daughters of Allah. Lies. So we do not believe in that. Allah is one. Allah told us in the Quran, Qul Allahu ahad. Say he is Allah, one. The one. So you understand that and you understand Muhammad is the final messenger. You believe in that. You believe in this revelation and you're going to start following it and learning it. That is what is required for a person to enter into Islam. And then you enter into Islam with the pronunciation of the uh, testimony, the testimony of Islam, the shahada, bearing testification that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, and that Muhammad is the messenger, the last messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But a person should not delay. When you understand and you can see that this is the truth, you've discovered and you can understand the purpose of your creation and you see it fits then don't delay you don't delay when you see it there and it's enlightening to you then you accept and you start learning if a person lives in the amazon rainforest or some other place deserted on this earth and the message of islam never comes to them then on the day of judgment we know that Allah is the absolute just Allah will do justice and some of the scholars have mentioned those people will be given the ruling of Ahlul Fitra uh, and some uh, scholars have said those people will be given a test on that day but absolute justice they won't go to hell fire or something just like that they didn't know so there will be justice for those people absolutely from Allah for the ones who the message never came to If you give somebody 20 pounds as a gift, but then afterwards you want it back, is it allowed? Islamically, it is not allowed to do that. If you give somebody a gift, you give them a gift, a present, then Islamically, it's not allowed to ask for it back. Even in the tradition of people, that is something you would never do. You don't give somebody a, a gift and they say to them, actually, you know what? I need it back. Can I, can I have it back? After a week, you give somebody a new phone, say it's a gift for you. Then after a week, you say, you know, my phone stopped working. Can I, just, can I have it back? I, I'll give you something else after. I need my gift back. You can't do it. Islamically, you can't. There's a hadith that if you do that, it's like a dog going back and eating his vomit. Birthdays Islamically are not proven because Islamically we celebrate the celebrations that Allah has told us about. And that is the celebration of Eid twice a year. All of these other celebrations, they are celebrations that humans have made for themselves. And they are not celebrations that are Islamically legislated. All of these other types of things. And many of them in reality don't make sense. When they say Mother's Day and Father's Day. That doesn't even make sense in reality. So out of all of the days of the year, how many days are there in a year? 364, 65. From all of those 360 days, 
360 odd days, you're only going to go respect your mother and give her some good treatment one day out of the whole year. That's, that's how you value your mother. You're going to go give her one day of goodness and kindness and the rest of the year, that's it, I'm done now. You give your presence on that one day and you can go relax for the rest of the year, forget about her. Go put her in the nursing home, whatever. That isn't the way of Islam. Islam teaches you to respect your mother and father every single day of the year. Every single day of the year is a day of respect for your parents. So there is no such thing as these one days and two days and it's not Islamically mentioned. Last question, go on. That statement, Allah alam, if it's an indication of shahada, but the non-believers who do good, there are of course disbelievers who do good. They give charity, they do human, uh, what do you call it, uh, humane type of work, you know, for charities and across the world and in disaster zones and all that kind of stuff, human relief and these things. They do good deeds, but he's a non-Muslim and he dies as a non-Muslim. So what reward will he get for the good deeds he used to do though? On the day of judgment, nothing. But on this world, Allah will give him his recompense on this world. If they do good deeds now, then they are given the luxuries of this world or whatever it is they are given of this world. They are given something of this world. And that is their recompense for their goodness. Because on the day of judgment, they cannot get any good deeds. So that goodness, whatever it's going to be, is given to them now. That is what's mentioned. Alright, we'll have to leave it there. Go on quickly. Now, if you intended to become Muslim, but then you died before becoming Muslim, then it doesn't count. You've got to become Muslim, not just intending to become Muslim. That's like we said, the, the, un the Prophet's uncle, his own uncle, blood uncle, he never accepted. So he will be in the hellfire, his own blood uncle. So you got to accept it. It's not just about believing it and intending it. you got to actually do it. Alright, we'll leave it there. Carry on next week, inshallah ta'ala, after Maghrib basically. Next week after Maghrib, inshallah ta'ala. So we'll leave it there for now.